Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today planned, including guest Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Michael Cannon is the Director of Health Policy Study at the Cato Institute. We'll be talking about restrictive government regulations strangling health insurance options in Florida. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. It is November the 10th, and on this day in 1775, during the American Revolution, the Continental Congress passed a resolution stating that two battalions of Marines be raised for service as landing forces for the recently formed Continental Navy. The resolution drafted by the future U.S. President John Adams and adopted in Philadelphia created the Continental Marines and is now observed as the birth date of the United States Marine Corps. Serving on land and sea, the original U.S. Marines distinguished themselves in a number of important operations during the Revolutionary War. The first Marine landing on a hostile shore occurred when a force of Marines under Captain Samuel Nicholas captured New Providence Island in the Bahamas for the British in March 1776. Nicholas was the first commissioned officer in the Continental Marines and is celebrated as the first Marine commandant. After American independence was achieved in 1783, the Continental Navy was demobilized and its Marines disbanded. In the next decade, however, increasing conflict at sea with revolutionary France led to the U.S. Congress to establish formally the U.S. Navy in May 1798. Two months later, on July the 11th, President John Adams signed the bill establishing the U.S. Marine Corps as a permanent military force under the jurisdiction of the Department of Navy. U.S. Marines served action, or saw action in the so-called Quasi War with France and then fought against the Barbary Pirates of uh, not one cent for tribute. I remember the phrase being in the election. Of the Barbary Pirates of North Africa during the first years of the 19th century. Since then, Marines have participated in all the wars of the United States and in most cases were the first soldiers to fight. In all, the Marines have executed more than 300 landings on foreign shores. Today, there's more than 200,000 active duty and reserve Marines divided into four divisions stationed at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, Camp Pendleton in California, New Orleans, Louisiana, and Okinawa, Japan. Each division has one or more expeditionary units Ready to launch major operations anywhere in the world on two weeks' notice. The motto of the service, of course, is Semper Fidelis, meaning always faithful in Latin. Marine Corps founded on this day. Well, Hurricane Nicole has made landfall just south of Vero Beach at 3 a.m., according to the National Hurricane Center. Maximum sustained winds were established and estimated to be 75 miles an hour. Nicole is continuing to move west-northwest at 14 miles an hour. An hour after landfall, Nicole weakened into a tropical storm with maximum sustained winds of about 70 miles an hour. The storm is bringing strong winds, dangerous storm surge and waves, and heavy rain over a large part of Florida. Tropical storm force winds extended outward up to 450 miles from the center, especially in the north. At uh, 4 a.m., the Central uh, Center for Tropical Storm Nicole was located 25 miles northwest of Vero Beach. <clears throat> Nicole is now m- moving towards the northwest, west-northwest, near 14 miles an hour. A turn towards the northwest and uh, north-northwest is expected later tonight, following by an acceleration towards the north and northeast on Friday. On the forecast track, the center of Nicole will move across central Florida this morning, possibly emerge over the far northeastern Gulf of New Mexico of Mexico this afternoon and then move across Florida Panhandle in Georgia tonight and on Friday. Storm is big, uh, apparently the size of uh, bigger than the size of Texas. So it's a big storm. It's uh, not as violently windy as it was. There's still the storm surge expected. Right now, looking out the window, it's pretty good day to turtle. There's not much going to be going on outside because of the wind and the rain right here on the Naples area. 
Uh, but irrespective, uh, it's, it's having its impact on us down here. Fortunately, no storm surge, we hope. Well, as 2022 midterm results roll in, 24 school board candidates endorsed by uh, Governor Ron DeSantis are claiming victory across the state. DeSantis previously made the unprecedented move of endorsing a slew of 30 school board candidates in nonpartisan races. 19 of those candidates won in the August primary election and six faced off in the midterm runoff against election on November the 8th. In addition, Senate uh, President Designate Kathleen Pasadomo celebrated uh, Republicans taking the Senate majority, uh, a supermajority in both the House and the Senate, with the first black Republican since the Reconstruction, the first Green Beret, and one of the youngest members ever elected. We will return to Tallahassee with a supermajority and a renewed commitment to fighting for access to the American dream for all Floridians, uh, said Kathleen Pasadomo. A red tsunami consumed Florida on election night as Republicans unseated Democrats in historically Democrat-leaning areas. In some cases, the seats flipped by double-digit margins. We've rewritten the uh, political map. Thank you for honoring us with our win for the ages, Governor Ron DeSantis said during the speech. Florida Republicans have 81 seats in the state house, while Democrats have 34 seats. In the uh, state Senate, Republicans control 28 seats, while 12 are controlled by Democrats. That is a big deal, and a supermajority in the Senate. Now, it gives some more flexibility. Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, and soon to be, uh, she is uh, president-elect of the state Senate. Not elect, but uh, designate for the uh, Senate. It's a big deal. And thank you, Governor DeSantis, for uh, reflecting and showing interest in what's happening in the scoreboard races. I hope that sets a precedent for the future. We should have uh, more attention on what's happening in our school board races. Republicans have uh, thus far recorded a net gain of six seats in the House and need just nine more officially called races to come in for the GOP to take the majority in the next Congress. Republicans have won 209 seats compared to 189 for Democrats, and the first party to 218 has the majority at the all-important committee gavels. There remains 37 House races too close to call. Among the races are, uh, for example, Colorado District 3. Representative Lauren Lauren Boebert uh, is trailing Democrat uh, Adam Fitch by just 73 votes. I think she was being written off. Well, she may make a comeback here, a Lazarus move. We hope so. California District 27, Representative Mike Garcia uh, le- uh, leads by almost 16 points. He's in California, Republican. California District 13, Republican John Duart leads by 203 votes. Montana District uh, number two, Representative Ryan Zinke uh, leads by almost five percentage points. California District 3, Republican Kevin Kiley leads by almost six percentage points. California District 22, Representative David Valadeo, a Republican, leads by almost eight points. I think you get the drift here. A lot of these outstanding votes still are dem- are showing, well, we don't know until the race is over, but they're showing a strong lead uh, for Republicans in these races. Even in Oregon, <clears throat> Alaska's lone House seat, uh, Democrat Mary Palolta, takes a leads for Republican Sarah Palin and Nick Begich in the uh, ranked choice voting format, which would need uh, need Begich or Palin voters to have the other ranked number two on their ballot by a vast majority, according to parents. It looks reports it looks like uh, uh, Palin is going to lead lose. New York District 19, Republicans Marcus Molinero leads by almost two percentage points. And New York District 22, Republican Brandon Williams leads by 1,620 votes. These are just remarkable results. They say there's no red uh, uh, tide, there's no red wave, but uh, still with all these seats still outstanding in in Congress, uh, there could be still a pretty substantial majority uh, for Republicans winning uh, in the the, uh, midterm elections. Uh, we still, the Senate remains in balance. It could even be won by more uh, before Georgia, Georgia's December the 6th runoff between uh, Herschel Walker and Warnock, with Republicans holding 49 seats and Democrats holding 48. The re- races for Senate in Arizona and Nevada keep the majority in balance. Democrats only need to get to, to 50 before Vice President Kamala Harris tie-breaking vote. 
Senator Mark Kelly in Arizona is a Democrat, leads Republican Blake Masters by around 4.5%. That sounds like a lot, but a lot of these ballots right now that haven't been uncounted, I think they said it's like 650,000 of them, uh, could be majority, strong majority for Republicans. And Republican uh, Adam Laxalt, Nevada, is an, uh, leads incumbent Senator Kathleen Cortez Masto by almost three percentage points. So it's looking good uh, for you know, it's going, <laughs> the tide is coming in slowly, but it looks like we still could have a red wave uh, completed when the results are all in on this election. Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake joined Tucker Carlson last night. She told Tucker that uh, they would start to see the election going in her direction. And Carrie dropped some incredible news on the 650,000 remaining ballots that need to be counted. Here's what she had to say. Well, I feel 100% certain I'm going to win. The question is, how big will that win be? Can you believe this, Tucker, that we still have 650,000 votes that have not been counted? And guess who these votes are? Well, they're people who showed up on Election Day. They're the people, 275,000 of them, are people who brought their ballots to the polls on Election Day because they don't trust the mail and don't trust the drop boxes. So guess who the voters are? They're our voters, and we're only down by a few thousand votes right now. And when those votes are coming in, we're going to see a lot of liberal minds kind of blowing up, <laughs> she said, Carrie Lake. By the way, Democrats spent nearly $200 million on the gubernatorial campaigns of Beto O'Rourke <laughs> in Texas and Stacey Abrams in Georgia. $200 million, but both candidates failed to even make their races competitive against Republican incumbents. Uh, Abrams lost by uh, in Georgia to uh, Brian Kemp by nearly eight percentage points, despite raising $100 million between her campaign and leadership committee. In Texas, O'Rourke lost to Governor Greg Abbott by nearly 11 percentage points, with 99% of the votes counted, he suffered his loss despite raising $77 million and spending $72 million of the, in, by, uh, as of October the 29th. In July, O'Rourke broke the state's four-month fundraising record when he hauled in $28 million. Both candidates have been deemed rising Democrat stars four years ago after Abrams narrowly lost to Kemp by 1.5 points and O'Rourke was defeated by Senator Ted Cruz. Other Democrats who were defeated in Tuesday's midterms after receiving a large financial support, Val Demings, who ran against Marky Rubio, uh, she lost by 16 points with 99% of the she got she despite raising 70 70 million dollars, 70 million dollars raised to support the lost effort of Val Demings. And only three House Democrats raised more money than uh, Georgia. Marcus Flowers, $15 million, but he was defeated by Marjorie Taylor Greene. In 2020, Democrats also spent large amounts on campaigns that did not turn out to be close on Election Day. In Kentucky, Amy McGrath spent $90 million on her nearly 20-point loss to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell two years ago. In addition, the, uh, this, that year, Jamie Harrison raised $109 million in his race against South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham, but lost by 10 points. It's big news. It's incredible. So uh, President Trump backed 194, 174 candidates who won their races and with only nine candidates losing. These are remarkable numbers, but that hasn't stopped the rhinos and the elites from bashing President Trump. The uh, candidates President Trump supported won big. However, some of his top candidates, like Herschel Walker, had to fight the Democrats' corrupt elections and GOP elite. So there's, this is still, you know, right now we're watching the results come in. It could turn out still to be a red wave. I don't think we should write off President Trump quite yet, although uh, we're hearing a lot of rhetoric saying that uh, the rhinos want to bash President Trump. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541 Welcome back to the Bob Harton show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best and you can find out more by visiting the website and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, uh, Michael Cannon from the Cato Institute. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning. I'm on this rainy morning, right? <laughs> exactly. Tell us about the uh, Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, well, we're a uh, not-for-profit uh, grassroots organization. Uh, we've been around since about 2013. In fact, you were one of our founding members, if you recall. Absolutely. We, uh, we focus on K-12 education, uh, and what that means to us is really strongly supporting, um, you know, education savings accounts and, 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 and scholarships to help parents, uh, quote, get out of public schools, government schools. But we also focus on, in the public schools, trying to clean up the indoctrination and uh, uh and improve the quality of education that our kids are getting in government schools. Yeah, the Florida Citizens Alliance, I'm very proud of my association with their organization. I think Keith, you and uh, Pastor Rick have done a terrific job in uh, really having influence, extremely positive influence on what's happened with our education system here in Florida. It's now one of the best performing in the nation. Unfortunately, the standard's pretty low for, for uh, education in, across the nation, but uh, you're making a big difference, and we really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate the the kind words. We uh, we have a really great team. We work really hard, and uh, we are having an influence uh, at multiple levels, both at, both at the state level. We were involved in uh, very involved in rewriting the the, uh, the English language arts and math standards uh, to give it a common core. Uh, our fingerprints are all over the new civic standards that came out a little over a year ago. Um, so, and we're involved in. Uh, strongly supporting a number of bills that uh, the governor put forward and successfully passed this uh, this last cycle. So uh, that's one aspect of what we do. Locally, uh, we also get involved uh, in, in trying to help voters vote informed. Uh, we are also uh, legally uh, a 501c4, which means we can do more in terms of voter guides. And so uh, uh, we had a serious impact positive impact in in the recent uh, 
uh, you know, call your county school board election and a number of those across the state as well. Absolutely. Uh, so, Keith, GoFLCA.com is the website. GoFLCA.com. I hope you check it out. And by the way, tickets, get tickets for the December 2nd event coming up. It's going to be terrific. We'll get to that later in the show. But right now, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the school board elections and the results. Well, it blew me away, to be honest with you. Uh, I expected uh, to, to have a solid win in two of the districts. I was concerned about um, uh, District 3. Uh, I thought it would be much closer. Than, so I was amazed at the uh, overwhelming uh, mandate that the voters in Collier County um, gave to the three challengers mm-hmm. uh, and basically uh, retired the, the three of the five incumbents, the three that were running uh, for their, um, um, I'm going to say it bluntly, lack of doing what's best for our kids. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a, the size of the, of the victory was what blew me, blew me away. There was a lot of, uh, uh, there were a lot of uh, lies that were being tossed around. There was a lot of inside politics. Uh, that I won't get into, but I was fearful that those might uh, have a, a more significant impact. But what was really surprising to me is the voters stayed focused on the kids, what's best for the kids. Yeah. And uh, that was terrific, terrific. Yeah, and I would say, uh, too, I'm just pleased that the voters, uh, I think, much more informed this election cycle than ever before <laughs> in terms of what's happened on school boards. I, w- I do want to ask you now that uh, we are in the throes of getting a new superintendent of schools here in Cuyahoga County. What impact do you think this is going to have on that decision? Has it already been made? Uh, I think, though, it's, it's uh, going to have to be revisited. Uh, my personal recommendation to the three uh, will be to uh, suspend uh, the current um, a- approach um, and, and basically start over. There's plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's, um, there's so much more that needs to be done. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, as I said to you in, in, when we just talked a few minutes ago, uh, as difficult as this election was and as amazing the outcome the, the easy work is done. The hard work now is really going to be changing, you know, the last uh, 11 years of bureaucracy that have been established. And uh, people won't like this analogy, but uh, they'll recognize it, I think, is real. We see a deep state at every level of government, and we certainly have uh, a, a deep state here locally in the, in, in the school district. Uh, we have a, a very a negative media environment. Um, so it's going to be, uh, and of course, the union powers, the unions are not going to give up. So um, it's, there's going to be some hard work and some serious uh, communication that has takes place with uh, keeping uh, parents involved and uh, you know, hoping teachers understand this isn't about them. So it's complicated, and it's going to be a lot of hard work yeah, going no- forward, in my opinion. Well, of course, uh, I think you just demonstrated that you're up to the task. So, uh, And, of course, this is a statewide concern as well. So uh, I just really appreciate your efforts on our behalf. Before I let you go, uh, can you give us some comments about the December 2nd event? Yeah, we're really excited to have uh, General Flynn. Uh, frankly, this was scheduled for October 12th, and uh, Hurricane Ian uh, played a role in uh, encouraging us to move it uh, and do the calendars and schedules. So we rescheduled it for uh, December 12th. And General Flynn will be here. It'll be at Shula's. Uh, we are really tight on space. We just uh, opened up a, 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 another 20 seats, but we're really... Uh, uh, up against the wall in terms of capacity. So if you're interested as a listener in in, in attending, you need to go on our website immediately and uh, you know buy your ticket. The tickets are seventy uh, $177.60. Uh, believe it or not, I had a guy say, how did you come up with that number the other day? <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. Well, and also, if, if you can't get a ticket, then definitely consider making a contribution to an outstanding organization. I can promise you, they are really good with money, and they do it. They uh, make sure that they're using the money for the benefit of kids here in uh, the state of Florida and Collier County. 
Again, uh, Keith, I just genuinely appreciate uh, your commentary here on the show. Again, the website is goflca.com, goflca.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, You're very welcome. Have a great weekend, and uh, don't get too wet. Exactly, Keith. Thank you. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Michael Cannon. He's Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, Little B's Diner, located in the Green Tree Shopping Center, is now starting to serve dinner Wednesday through Saturday nights from 4 to 8 p.m. They serve great breakfasts and great lunch and now serving dinner Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. I hope you check it out again in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. He is Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be back, Bob. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Michael. Thanks for joining us. So tell us about the Cato Institute. Well, the Cato Institute is a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C. We've been around since 1977, and we uh, exist to promote the ideas of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Uh, Terrific mission uh, from the Cato Institute. I hope you check out Cato. Dot org, C-A-T-O dot org. Uh, Michael, you wrote a piece for the Miami Herald. It's called Restrictive Government Regulations Are Strangling Health Insurance Options in Florida. Maybe you can tell us about it. So a lot of Floridians are going to be picking a new health insurance plan through Obamacare's open enrollment season, which has uh, begun. Um, uh, and and they're going to see fewer health insurance options uh, maybe than they have in the past. The reason, uh, uh, well, first of all, the premiums are going to be higher uh, than they than they were last year, and they're growing in Florida by more than the national average. Wow. Uh, about a percentage point faster, seven uh, percentage points versus six. One of the reasons is that that consolidation that I mentioned in the market for health insurance. The number of insurers from what uh, uh, Floridians can choose their health insurance is uh, going to be smaller, both for individuals and for, or it's getting smaller for individuals and for small employers, according to a new government report, which is not good news because, as you know, the bedrock principle of, uh, of free market economics when you have 
less competition. If you don't have sufficient competition in a market, you get fewer choices and higher prices. Right. So that's one of the dynamics at play that's causing premiums to rise in, in uh, not just for plans on the Obamacare exchange, but also uh, for small businesses in Florida. Yeah. So why this is so interesting to me is it seems like we're suffering from our from our own a thousand cuts, self inflicted cuts, quite frankly, because it's our regulations that are putting us in this situation. It is uh, in uh, in Obamacare. You have tons of regulations that are uh, that are so costly for insurers to comply with that only the larger insurers are able to manage it. They, they, uh, they are able to spread those costs over a larger number of enrollees, so the price increases aren't as high. Uh, they're able to, as, as the regulation doesn't increase prices for their products as much as it does for their smaller competitors, so they have an advantage. If there's very, additional variability or risk that these regulations create, then uh, the larger insurers are better able to weather that uncertainty. And so uh, regulation generally, and Obamacare regulations in particular, really favor big business, uh, make it harder for new entrants to come in and compete and offer consumers something better. Well, you do have a solution for us in Florida here, and apparently uh, we have local or Florida regulations that prohibit us from taking advantage of the opportunity. One of the reasons there are too few insurers in Florida's health insurance market is that Florida bans its uh, its residents, its individual consumers, and its employers from purchasing perfectly acceptable health insurance plans that are available in other states. Now, there may not be uh, much variation in, in what you get if you purchase health insurance from, say, Georgia or Texas or Washington state. But if Florida allowed its residents to purchase health insurance from U.S. territories, including Puerto Rico, where Obamacare's costly regulations do not apply, and so you can have more choice when it comes to your health insurance and lower premiums for the majority of people on the Obamacare exchange and who are sitting out the exchange because the coverage is too expensive, then not only would you be able to have more choices on uh, more insurers on uh, in Florida's health insurance market, but you'd have a broader choice of plans. Coverage would be more affordable uh, because Obamacare exempt coverage can cost up to seventy percent less and offer better coverage because there are broader provider networks and you can have lifetime coverage rather than a series of one-year contracts where the insurance company wow. uh, uh, may drop you next year uh, because of the cost of Obamacare regulations. So uh, boy, that sounds so exciting and a great opportunity. Can you make some comments at all about financial soundness and quality of these companies that might be, uh, for example, founded or, or the situs is in Puerto Rico? So in, in Puerto Rico, there are health insurance regulations just like there are in every other state and territory, and those regulations would apply. And if you're concerned about who might be offering this coverage, you know, right now in U.S. territories, you have the same large health insurance companies offering products uh, uh, or doing business there. You've got Aetna, you've got Humana, you've got United Healthcare, you've got Blue Cross Blue Shield. So they're names that Floridians know, and all of these companies already have provider networks in Florida. But you could also have new entrants coming into the market, injecting even more competition, uh, which 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 is really key. And uh, and all of the regulations that, in terms of financial solvency that the territories impose would still apply. And uh, when it comes to consumer protections, Florida residents could even enforce those. Uh, consumer protections in Florida courts. So it's not like uh, just if there's a dispute between you and your insurance company, you have to fly to Puerto Rico to do it. No, you can yeah. consumers will be able to take care of that problem at home. Yeah, it sounds like an exciting opportunity. It sounds like uh, the the uh, solution to our problem of escalating costs and fewer choices is to get our state legislatures to uh, representatives to pass a law allowing us to to be able to purchase insurance from Florida based or from uh, Puerto Rico based co uh, companies. 
free trade with Puerto Rico. What a concept. <laughs> uh, a free trade zone within the United States, which, which is what we should have, except these health insurance regulations that Florida and every other state impose uh, prevent that sort of free trade. So interesting. Again, Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. This is such valuable information. I've already sent this on to our uh, Senate president uh, here in the state of Florida, encouraging her to take a look at this and maybe get some legislation started uh, for uh, making this opportunity available to us. Uh, Michael, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Anytime, Bob. Take care. You too as well. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, I'm going to visit with uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist under the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and Pennsylvania apparently does not. Yeah. <laughs> you wrote a great column, uh, Endless Election Season 2022 for Credibility GOP Must Shatter DC's Fascism. Well, it was just terrific. But before I, we talk about your column, uh, you know, how, how do you explain something like neglecting Fetterman, even electing somebody who's dead? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, one, it's, it's one of the yeah. It's one of the, it's one of the things I wrote about in the column. Trump was the only one talking about the 2020 election heist. Everyone else was told to shut up, sit down, don't talk about it, including by the GOP leadership to the GOP. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is, if you don't discuss the heists, they become the next heist. Yep. And I, 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 I made up a, a, a meme where, where I said that. I put a picture of Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, the alleged leadership of the party. And somebody put a link up. 20 states expanded mail-in voting between 20 and 2022. Hmm. That's awful for vote, vote integrity. 
And the reason they can do that is because we were told to shut up about the 2020 mail-in thievery. Right. So, so that's how you – I don't trust any of these votes at all ever again. I just don't. They institutionalized because we weren't allowed to talk about all, all the chicanery that went on in the name of COVID. It just became law. It just became institutionalized as part of the fraudulent process of voting every two years. There's a great uh, Doobie Brothers album title that I always think of in situations like this. What were once vices have now become habits. Mm-hmm. And that these were vices that have now become habits because we weren't allowed to talk about it. You're, you're an election denier. You can't talk about that. And, and now they're, you know, n- not only did they institutionalize what they'd stolen in 2020, they expanded it in 20 states. I, my opinion is that I, I think there's no question about the motivation. They, you can count on the uh, professional Democrat class for uh, stealing in any way they possibly can. I, I just uh, salute uh, the GOP and uh, other uh, parties for getting people to watch. And I know uh, Carrie Lake has got magnificent attorneys uh, watching over what's going on in Arizona right now. So there, there's more people watching what's going on, so it's harder and harder to steal. I don't. Oh, I don't agree. I just don't agree. I think I mean, there's no way Fetterman won that election. <laughs> yes. Well, you're talking about Pennsylvania. I think there's some places. Are you talking about? You specifically talking about Arizona? I apologize. No, no, no. I'm talking. I'm talking about in general, at least in states where uh, uh, the GOP has a stronghold or has a, a foothold on what's well, that, going that's on. Always been the, that's always been the delineation. I mean, the Republican states have obviously required things like you know voter id and 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 just basic things that everybody that with an iq above nine on a warm day knows is required for integrity in a ballot process right and so because they're the, the republican states have them they're republican states you know it's like the chicken or the egg which came first yeah, that's a good point seaton i mean uh, the fact of the matter is pennsylvania michigan some of these states i mean they are they just have a process installed right now where they're, you know, the question, they're just going to institutionalize that. Exactly. And, and because they have been, because they have institutionalized that, we can't win the elections to, to root out the institutionalized that. <laughs> Good point. Absolutely true. You refer to uh, the uh, uh, rooting out and shatter DC's fascism. What do you mean by that? Well, I just mean that, you know, Ronald Reagan had a, you know, I, once again, I always overwrite. <laughs> and there's a great quote from Ronald Reagan in the, in the 70s or the 80s where he said, when liberalism comes, when, when, when uh, leftism takes over America, it's not going to be communism, it's going to be fascism. Mm-hmm. And I'm using Benito Mussolini, uh, you know, uh, Adolf Hitler uh, definition of fascism. They were both fascists. And it's the, it's the melding, it's the, it's the, teaming up of big government and big business it's not it's not communism you know china's more fascist than communist quite quite frankly you know seaton i I think about uh biden laughing on on being called a socialist he had a right to laugh the the fact of the matter is he's a fascist he's a fascist he's a he's a sellout to corporate power um and 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 that corporate power happens to be in china (laughs) and 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 uh, Ukraine and, you know, foreign powers. And here. Uh, and here. Don't, yeah. Please, he's an equal opportunity offender. Of course, here. <laughs> um, but, but that, you know, that's, that's what I mean by fascism. It's this right. big government, big, you know, this is what I say, you know, everybody talks about, for example, campaign finance reform. I say, you want campaign finance reform, re- reduce the size of government. Right. Absolutely. And I said in high school, you didn't pay protection money to the president of the chess club. <laughs> you paid protection money to Mike Tyson. Yeah. That's who, you know, so if you make government look more like the president of the chess club and less like Mike Tyson, a lot of the bribes go away. Yeah. Um, that's why I say that the, uh, the, the big tech oligarchs are infinitely more powerful than the, than the, the, the monopolists, the oligarchs of yesteryear, you know, uh, Vanderbilt and, and, and Rockefeller and those people, because, yes, they had monopolies over whatever, oil, and, by the way, more important stuff than the stuff now. Right. I mean, what's more important, oil or social media? Um, 
And but but the, the difference is the reason they're exponentially more powerful is the governments they're bribing are exponentially larger, right? Than the governments Rockefeller and Vanderbilt and the, and their ilk were bribing. I mean, yeah, you bribed the government, sure, but it was one one thousandth the size. You know, you're bribing the president with a chess club. You're not bribing now. You're bribing Mike Tyson. Yeah, it's just, uh, and I think uh, personally that social media had an impact on this election. Oh, of course. I mean, Robert Epstein again has been studying Google's impact on elections since at least 2014, and he says it's worth millions of votes. And I wrote about this a couple months ago. I said, how much of an in-kind contribution in the hundreds of billions of dollars? Mm -hmm. You know, Google sent 90 plus percent of. GOP emails to spam. Yeah. That that alone. The search results. I wrote about this, I think, in 2016, where if you put, remember, during the 2016 election, it looked like Hillary Clinton should have been, well, she should have been, but it looked like it was likely she might get indicted. Yeah. During the campaign, you typed in in Google, Hillary Clinton IND, and they suggested India and Indiana but not indictment. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they, they, you know, they, they, and then you had all the video come out after Trump won and we're going to fix that. That's not going to happen again. Not on our watch. All the big tech oligarchs talking about that. And of course it didn't. They rigged the system and you know, uh, yes. And then, and then of course you have all the conservative ink sellout uh, organizations in DC still taking money from big tech. Yeah. You know, just you, what do you, you know, my, my, I ran a county judge race for a guy in Austin, Texas, who was a suicide mission, a Republican in Travis County, Texas. Um, my joke is Austin's nice because it's close to Texas. Yeah. But I, <laughs> he, he had some really funny lines, and one of them was if you're going to feed that alligator, you best use a long handled spoon. <laughs> it's he's it's, eventually going to get your arm. And that's what the, that's what these allegedly conservative groups are, are going to find out. Absolutely. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence is one of only 97 restaurants worldwide to receive Wine Spectator's prestigious Grand Award, and they've received it for the eighth consecutive year. Blue Provence Restaurant is temporarily closed for renovations due to damage from Hurricane Ian, and they look forward to serving you again in the near future. In the meantime, you can enjoy their grand award-winning wine list with unbeatable prices on more than 2,500 wines by visiting Blue Provence Fine Wines at 1234 8th Street South, Monday through Saturday between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Check out the vast wine selection by visiting Blue Provence on Facebook or visit the easy-to-browse website, BlueProvenceFineWines.com. Visit BlueProvenceFineWines.com, or if you need help, you can call Jacques directly at 239-821-6772. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, hearing that commercial about the wine, fine wine store at uh, Blue Provence, well, guess what? They are open now. Unbelievable. I don't know how Jacques pulled that off, but uh, now Blue Provence is up open for business. Great dinners, great uh, dining. I think, uh, I'm sure it's uh, probably lunch and dinner now. You can call for reservation. Again, uh, Blue Provence. We have with us a former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure on this wet, rainy Thursday <laughs> in November. Yeah, well, we're, uh, isn't it great that we dodged a bullet? The hurricane went north of us. and uh, Yeah. That's big. <laughs> for, yeah, I, I just... Karen, I just was watching it a little bit. It's up above, it's like it's in Daytona Beach now, above Orlando, and uh, they say it's really big. I mean, it's just wide, and uh, it's tropical force winds now. They've dropped, they've dropped down a little bit, but uh, it's pretty nasty up there. Yeah, and they, they said that the the storm itself is as big as the state of Texas, bigger even. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's I mean that's a, that's incredible, especially for in November. Yeah, you know, you just wonder, wow, what the heck is going on? Exactly. But, hey, you're right. We did dodge a bullet. I'm, I'm just curious. Locally, um, I said to Chris a couple of minutes ago. I'm wondering how Gulf Shore Boulevard did. You know, because they, they uh, every time we we get rain, we haven't gotten any rain. Is you know, we've got still got a lot of sand and um, debris in the gutters that they can't. You know, they they have to really work hard to get them out. Because that stuff is, you know, it's mucky. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think they're going to have to pump it out. I don't exactly know what the procedure is, but I'm curious to see if Gulf Shore Boulevard flooded again. Well, you know, if, if the if the uh, drains are all clogged up, but there's a good chance that it did. And, and we're getting, it yeah. looks to me like well, we're going to get a couple of inches of rain today. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's, it'll be it'll be lessening rather than 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 worsening. Yeah, down mm-hmm. here as it moves, as it keeps moving, you know, so moving north. But uh, you know, I I don't think there's too much for anybody to worry about other than getting wet. So uh, anyway, uh, what'd you think of the uh, national elections? Well, I, you know, I, th- I think there's still, what's disappointing is we don't have results in more of the places. I, I was reading through some of the uh, people who haven't yet been declared as winners. Uh, a lot of them are uh, people with nice leads in the Republican Party. So uh, people are saying there hasn't been a red wave, but maybe it's just a slow wave. Well, it could be. Did did we, and I, I kept looking last night on everything else, did, did, did the Republicans take the House? Yes, I mean the uh, the Republicans. Now you oh you're talking about the nationally. Yes. Okay. Uh, not yet. That was three hundred. It's two hundred and nine. So they need still need uh, uh, not nine more seats to take the majority. But there was like uh, thirty races that are still undeclared. Right. And so uh, the 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 Democrats right now are standing at I think it's two hundred and eighty six, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I mean that's been interesting to watch the the, the big red red wave. I, I it must have gone in a different direction. It, you know, you know what the red wave happened in Florida. Yes. Oh, yeah. It sure did. And Governor DeSantis did one heck of a job. He did. And uh, how about Marco Rubio? Just uh, she she was funded by a lot of money. Was it seventy million dollars? I've forgotten the number, but it's a lot of money that Val Demings had to uh, to try to defeat. Uh, Marco Rubio, and it just didn't happen. Right, and that was great because Marco Rubio is, is is a general, generally good guy. He no is. Two about it. You ever met him? You just automatically like him. He's not a he's not a stuffed shirt or anything else. Locally, I will tell you, Bob. I don't know. Sometimes it's it's hard to um, it's hard to keep your faith. Um, when I saw the school board elections, um, I was just literally. Um, I was blown away. Yeah. Um, the um, they the incumbents are are out. They were three absolutely just terrific school board members. They knew what was going on. Um, uh, they worked with the community and with the school. I'm, I'll tell you one thing. I, I bet you Cam Patton is glad she's resigning. You know, because she's moving on. And she had already given her notice, and uh, I bet I bet she's very sad about what happened. But I guess for her own personal thing i bet she's i bet she's uh happy as can be that she is moving on because i i'll be i'll be um i'll be positive as i always am i hope the three new candidates uh um can 
do whatever they say they're going to do, but I think they're going to have a hard time doing half as good a job as the three uh, incumbents that, that lost. And it comes down to the old fact of uh, money talks and you know what else walks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. But I have a, a different thought about that. And I, Go ahead. Part, part of it is that uh, right now our school budget is like over $1.2 billion, largest budget item that we have in Collier County. And okay. uh, to me, I think there's so much bloat, so much fat in the uh, in the in the uh, administration, that's one, one thing I'm hoping that the uh, new school board will pay attention to. The second thing is all these schools are getting A's and B's, but we got kids in the fourth grade that can't read it at grade level. And I'm talking about more than half of them. So, well, we, you, you and I, we never have enough time to have a really good debate. But I would tell you then, uh, Cuyahoga County schools have have. Um, you know, we're right up there with the top schools in the in the state of Florida. Uh, I mean, Camp Patton, I think, has done a great job. Mm. And, I mean, you have to say, well, okay, there's kids in fourth grade that can't read. Well, w- what is the norm? Uh, or if we would go through Florida and say, well, how do we stand against them? But who knows? The bottom line, Bob, is we'll stay, we'll remain positive regardless of who you're who you supported. I, would, I personally was disappointed, but you might be very right. Uh, <clears throat> there might be a lot of uh, fat to be cut from that budget and they can still do a good job so time will tell right because we will be right. back on the air and uh well you know you know uh, bill uh, as the old saying goes a new broom sweeps clean so uh yeah <laughs> yeah we'll see we'll see bob and, and as i say i am positive and uh <clears throat> we'll we'll root for them and say hey okay yeah here's what's out in front of you and uh um uh, let's see how how clean you can sweep it you know, so any good scoop in in uh, Naples? No, it's been it's been pretty quiet. Um, there's some lawsuits floating around. I can I can give you a little eye opener on that. I know that uh, Teresa Heitman and the uh, the city of Naples has been served uh, officially by uh, Brian Dye. Remember, he's the one that he's uh, was our IT guy and uh, uh, had to leave his job, and so he's he's suing on whistleblower. Uh, 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 grounds and um, it's a it's a heck of a lawsuit. I saw a copy of it. I was mentioned in it, uh, not being sued, but as a, a you know one of the participants. And then uh, there's another one that's floating around that that, that just hit from uh, our old friend Harry Zia. He's he's looking. He's he's still after me, and now he's after Craig Malay, the our building uh, director. About so he, he's still fighting his same battle for years about. Uh, uh, Naples Bay. Uh, uh, I don't. I can't remember the name of the property or whatever it is. But uh, so it, it never. It never stops. Uh, um, and um, I don't even remember half the things that, that that's mentioned in there. So, you know, people just never stop. Cities uh, seem to be doing doing well. They're getting debris picked up, and uh, uh, they're doing the, the best that they can. Yeah, absolutely. So that that IT uh, the that that uh, is old news in one sense, although yes. the, the uh, wheels of justice grind slowly. No question about that. But I'm pleased to hear that he's seeking uh, retro or seeking uh, justice. Right. Yes. Yes, he is, and it and and he. Let me tell you, he doesn't leave any details out, and I'm. It's going to be a little while because they have a lot of people to serve, and they've got a lot of. Inquiries to to make and depositions, et cetera. But I'll be one. I'll be watching uh, anxiously to see how this goes down. Absolutely, because uh, he's got them. So we'll we'll keep you in the loop. All right. Well, again, Bill Barnett. I just hope you stay dry today. Kind of turtle for the day is a good day to just stay inside. I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Bob. Have a good one. You Thanks. as well. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, we've got great guests for tomorrow as well. We'll visit with William Yateman, who, uh, who is a, uh, a senior a senior scholar, a legal scholar at the Pacific Legal Foundation. Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston. Bill Bannon uh, is going to be talking to us about uh, what's happening at St. Matthew's House and the turkey drop. And Dean Clancy will be joining us as well about uh, those Obamacare premiums. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.